y'all. It is I, Rakilla Dene of RakillaDene.com, communication stylist and encouragement extraordinaire. Now, let me say this early. This is not necessarily going to be an explicit or X-rated conversation on the couch, but it is definitely not one you probably want to listen to in front of little ears. I'm going to give you a moment to take me off of the speaker or to grab your headphones or to pause until after bedtime because we are going to talk about sex. Mm-hmm. That's what we about to do. So let's just take a little moment of silence in case somebody little around you is not prepared for that conversation and you know to come back later. All right. So for those of you who are still with me, let's get right into it. We're all grown here. And I have to be completely honest with you. One of the struggles I am currently walking through, ooh, thank you, Jesus, is recognizing, accepting, and finding ways to fill myself in the area of intimacy. Why? Because sex and intimacy are wholeheartedly different. Two totally different things. My early years, and when I say early, I mean late, no, let's don't even lie to the people, from like 18 to 21, oh baby, it was up. It was up. All that had to happen is the day that ended with why. I was accepting proposals, throwing out offers. It is what it is. Let's just suffice it to say, I've had my fair share of experiences and yeah, let's just leave that there. Okay. At this big age, I recognize that just having someone next to me or near me or on me or even in me is not fulfilling without intimacy. What is intimacy? It is the intentional effort to build relationship between two people. You can have intimacy and friendships. I have friends that I have intimate relationships with where I can be completely vulnerable. I can be emotionally bare and show the fullest, truest versions of myself without embarrassment or fear or any of that. You can have intimate relationships with your children. That is defined where you see them comfortably coming to you to tell you their truths, even if there may be a consequence or repercussion for them because there's trust built in that relationship. What I am talking about though is the intimacy built between two grown people that can lead to the act of sex because we all know you can have sex And move right along, baby. I don't know your middle name, your cousin name, where you stay at, your job. None of that mattered. We did the do. Have a good day. But intimacy comes with conversation. Intimacy comes with learning one another, with studying one another, with being interested in each other. Intimacy comes when you both feel served, seen, respected, desired, and loved before you ever touch each other. 
before you ever touch each other. And there's a powerful connection that happens when two people invest in being intimate, right? Whether it's planning a date and doing that thing your partner has mentioned always wanting to try or cooking your person's favorite meal, being intentional about loving them and their love languages, Um, hugging. Hugging is a very intimate act, y'all, for real, because a hug not only conveys emotion, but can literally change how your body is functioning at a moment. If you hug a person for 20 seconds, your heartbeats will begin to sync up. Your breaths will sink. After 30 to 40 seconds, it can literally change your mood. Being hugged can literally change your mood. But how many people, 30 seconds is a long time. Look at it on your watch. Be intentional with counting out 30 seconds. You're not just hugging anybody on the street for 30 seconds. Even if you see somebody in public and you're like, hey girl, hey, you're not hugging that person for 30 seconds. But when you create those moments of intimacy where you allow yourself to hold another person and be held, oh my goodness, that takes trust, that takes comfort. And when you relate that to a partnership, honey, what? When you can be comfortable having the hard conversations or even the the more uncomfortable conversations. If we're on the topic of sex, telling your partner, I don't like that. I do like this. I want more of this. Um, That didn't feel too good. Can we try this? Can we add that? Those things require intimacy, comfort, not only with yourself, but with that person. I I asked myself the other day, I don't know what's harder, not knowing what I need or knowing and not being able to obtain it. And in answering that question, because yes, I talked to myself, the only child in me at one point in my life had nobody else to talk to unless you count the dog. So yes, I talked to myself. I got a lot of practice in this. What I determined was, for me, it's harder to know what it is I need and not be able to obtain it. Because that phrase, ignorance is bliss, there's something to it, right? If I've never had a a perfectly cooked steak, like when I say I want my steak medium and it's brown on the outside with with some pink on the inside and it's seasoned, to perfection, and it is tender, if I have never had that experience, I will continue to go to Chili's and think what they're serving me is good. I will continue to say, wow, I prefer chicken. But once I know what that's like, and I am desiring it, and I say, you know what, this week, I'm just, I'm gonna eat steak. And I go to a restaurant on Monday, and they, I ask for medium, and they bring me a rock. Baby, that's brown on the outside and the inside. I say, you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to try again. And I ask for medium and you bring me rare. It's still moving. And then I go again Wednesday because we're going to try. Like, I'm going to try to fill this need for myself, right? I go Wednesday and now it's perfectly cooked, but there is absolutely no salt or seasoning anywhere on this perfectly cooked piece of meat. 
finally, by Thursday, I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of wasting money. I'm tired of getting my expectations up, being disappointed. I'm going to do it myself. Oh, but I have invested so much of my budget in those other stakes that now I have to wait. Or maybe I go to the grocery store and now the cut that I want is not available. Now there's frustration because I know what it is I want. And let's just throw it out there. Maybe I'm anemic and I don't want to take the iron pills because they constipate me. So I decide, you know what, to help my body get what it needs, I'm going to just go make this steak. But they don't have any. You go to two or three stores, they don't have it or they don't have what you're looking for. Right. Now you're in a place where I finally decided what it is I need. I am steadfast on this, like being clear about this need and fulfilling it. But I'm unable to. Creating intimacy with yourself is possible. Right. Not just sexually through masturbation, but in knowing what you like what you don't like, what your boundaries are, what you enjoy, what your hobbies are, the the things in life that bring you to life, the things that take from you. Having that level of personal intimacy is important. But the other day I realized I just, I need to be held. And to be clear, I'm not using the words need and want interchangeably. I want a lot of things, baby. I want my student loan debt to be cleared. I want um, a vacation. I want a bank account with seven figures available to me. I want a lot of things. When I say I need, I got to be honest. It is one of the hardest things for me to say to another person or out loud. Because... When I need a thing, that feels vulnerable. Wanting, eh, okay, I could tell you I want it all day long. Lots of people want things, but to need something, there's a potential when somebody say, what do you need? What happens if I tell you what I need and you don't do it? Then I've put myself at your mercy and that feels terrible. That may not be everybody's testimony, but it's mine. I would rather not express a need than to express it and it go unfulfilled because I know what that's like. And I've had to accept that and feel that for over two decades of my life. And I just don't like the feeling. So when I recognized the other day that I I need to be held, I need to be held. My love language, my top love language is physical touch. Right after that is quality time. You could sit next to me all day long, but if I'm not touching you, it don't count. And this this goes with even my friendships. Even my platonic friendships. I want to like touch you or hug you or like rub your arm or play with your hair. I learned this about myself very early. One of my best friends, God rest his soul, Jason Centel Wallace. When he was stressed out, he would be like, hey, I need to talk to you. But I already knew what that meant. He was going to verbally vomit all the things that were on his mind 
while he laid his head in my lap and I got to play with his curls. I listened to the things that he said. Some of them required actual insight and advice. Some of them were nonsensical. But I was able to connect with him because what he really needed was to know that like somebody was physically there. And the way that I reassured him that I was there was by looking him in his face while he told me all these things and played with his hair. I could smile and nod. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when he was done, he felt seen and heard and better. And I felt connected to him because while he was sharing with me, I got to touch him. We never had a sexual relationship. We were never it like it was probably my very first male platonic relationship. But that was when I learned that for me, touch and time go together. So bringing it back to being in this place where recognizing I need to be held. Now, can I call my bud and be like, bud, I need a hug. You doggone right. Have I pulled up on her and a few other friends and been like, I'm not good. Like, I need a hug. Or can I come by and get a hug? Absolutely. But there's there's a different thing that happens when you have that level of intimacy with a partner and they are holding you. Because let's be honest, life is expensive. The world can be raggedy. And there's always something, right? We are not free from trouble in this world simply because we know or believe and trust in God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the existence of the Holy Spirit. It just means that we have an advocate on our behalf and a comforter there and a creator who sees all. It does not negate the realities of this world, the harshness of life. It does not. But there's a beautiful, fulfilling, empowering thing that happens when you can hold another person and reassure them. And you can be held and equally reassured. Maybe that's not everybody's cup of tea, but for me, when my cup is empty, that fills it. Because in order to reassure me, that means you have to see me. You have to see my efforts. You have to care about the amount of energy I am putting out and want to ensure that I feel just as seen and appreciated and heard. And my life is thankfully full of people who see me, my village, second to none. And that is what has sustained me. My people who encourage me and exhort me, they lift me up. When I get quiet, they come knocking. And yet there's there's still this part of me that greatly yearns for that moment when you exhale and know that the person holding you is just as dedicated 
to serving and loving and being intentional with you as you are to them. To know that you are safe. Hmm. Safe. Safe to exist. Safe to be tired. Safe to make mistakes. Safe to maybe even give more than you have and know that replenishment is available to you. That, when that exists, when you start to talk about it in relation to actual physical intercourse, oh my God. And I say, oh my God, because he himself created sex. Listen, when we look all throughout the Bible, first of all, God created man and woman. He made the in and the out. He himself did that. When you read through the Bible, especially the Old Testament, baby, the way Solomon was talking to that woman, go read the Song of Solomon. Baby, they talking about sex. They, They talking about each other. When it said that they knew each other, they talking about sex. Mm-hmm. So let's don't get all holy. Let, let's don't do that. I love Jesus. I do. If you love him too, I'm not being sacrilegious. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm being honest. When you take the outcome of intimacy and safety and add it to intercourse, child, not a math ain't even mathing, because now we productive at a whole nother rate. Take my regular level of productivity to the 15th power, multiply it by 762. I'm running the world. I can run the world. Baby, you can't tell me I won't be Jeff Bezos in two weeks, because the way I feel right now, I can do all the things. And maybe everybody does not function like that. I can only speak about my experience. But what I'm saying is, it's difficult recognizing the need, knowing what is produced in me when that need is met, and yet being unable to obtain it in the moment. It's hard. And it is something that I am having to surrender to the Lord. Because I'm going to be honest with you. There is no amount of masturbation that's going to do it. Child, if there was, this wouldn't even be a conversation. (laughs) And really, to be fair, there's no amount of sex that can fulfill it. Because it's not about it's not about an orgasm. It's not about the physical release. It's about the fulfillment that intimacy brings, right? And so maybe I am on an island by myself, honey. Maybe I am talking to just me out loud and y'all are happening to listen. But in the event, you know, or have been or have experienced, or currently are experiencing it. Just know, friend, you're not by yourself. And I wholeheartedly believe, and this is the thing that keeps me, right? 
that keeps me from going into a depression, that keeps me from being overly sad, that keeps me from focusing on a sense of loss or void. It is that God is a God of order. Let's go back to the same Bible where he created Adam and Eve. He created two. On the ark, how many of each animal were there? It was two. The Bible says one puts a thousand to flight, but two, 10,000. He talks about a three strand cord not being easily broken. But if he is the third strand, then that means the other two have to come together first. Let me tell you something. If the desire is there and it is not something that is pushing me away from the Lord, then I fully wholeheartedly believe that the fulfillment of said desire will be given to me. 1,000%. If he who has given his son freely for us all, how should he not also give us all things? That's not exactly how it's written. But the point is, is if he gave us Jesus, baby, then why would you withhold from me the opportunity to feel safe, seen, heard, held, all of the things in my desire for intimacy? Come on now, that don't even sound like God. Now, do I have any answers? No, not right now. What I do know is seeking out the the thing that might fill the void will only make it bigger. It will only cause you to focus more on what you don't have. So, yeah, I might have to cast this care at the feet of Jesus every time it comes up because it's big right now for me. It is coming off the back of being sick and having to parent and mother and all of that and work while being sick and then having to get my children through their bouts of sickness and birthdays and obligations and commitments and working all of those things. It's been a lot. And I could focus on what I don't have. And sometimes, I'm going to be honest with you, at night when everything is still and quiet, that's when it can be the hardest. But I told y'all, I'll talk to myself. And I will talk myself through it. And I will say the things that I want to hear to myself. And then I get my weighted blanket. My weighted blanket's name is Grayson. And so Grayson will be there on my bed and I can back up to it. And even if we just call it pretending, in those moments, I'm comforted. Is it exactly the way I want it? No. Is it what I hope for? Mm -mm. But I also don't want to accept less for the sake of a momentary fulfillment, right? I used to say all the time to the young ladies I mentored, 
You can get sex and attention from a man before you can get groceries. Now, baby, you can get groceries before you get a hug on your hardest day because the world is spinning backwards, it seems, sometimes. But a man, sex and orgasm, temporary. Temporary. Without the connection that intimacy brings, what is the point? Hoochah, this is how I know I have grown up because me 20 years ago would have been like, child, what? You're just not doing it right. And now there's no amount of doing it that is going to remove the truth. So if any of you have any tips or pointers or or anything you do or use to help, shoot me a text, an email, a comment, a smoke signal, a, a carrier pigeon. Let me know because it's difficult. It is a difficult thing to deal with. And I, you know, I laugh and and kid. But, you know, sometimes there are real tears there. Sometimes it's a real ache. And I have to honor myself enough to say it doesn't matter how anybody else feels. It doesn't matter what you have done in the past or even what my brain is telling me I should do. In this moment, this is my truth. And I do my very best to to move through that so that I can be available for myself and my children and the hundreds of students I have and my friends and my family members and my community and the things that I've committed myself to, because I don't want an area of my life that is lacking to define every other area of my life. Intimacy requires intention, whether it's with yourself or someone else. And it is that level of intention that I invest in myself that reminds me that if I can give it to others, I too deserve it. And if I'm willing to give it to myself, then I know that God, you see this, you know this. And you will allow for this to be fulfilled in healthy ways without me feeling like this for the rest of my life. Whew. Okay. Now, feel free to go back in the room with the children or to <laughs> take your headphones out. We've gotten through it. We made it. Thank you for joining me on the couch today. Thank you for making space for my truth. And I hope you feel just as seen in yours. So until next time, see ya.